Hey, listeners. Before we get into today's episode, I want to start by sharing a thanks to every single person who took the time to listen to even a second of this podcast. All the support, whether it's through emails, reviews, or text messages, has been truly appreciated and taken to heart. Now, if this is sounding conclusive, that's because in a way it is. I've decided to move on from the free press and work on other projects. So this will be the final episode of On The Line, at least for now. We've made some great memories sharing the news with you all, and it's been nothing less than a privilege for me to serve Michigan and Detroit in this way. Shout out to the team, Darcy, Robin, Anjanette, Marianne, and former producer Tad Davis for their support and guidance, and for the work we've done as a department. I cannot thank them enough. All right, so now that that is out of the way, I hope you enjoyed this episode. You coming off the stage? Chest check one, check two. Check I didn't grow up playing music. I liked to listen to music, but I never thought about playing because I thought you had to be like a genius. Check, check, check. That's just a little bit down. Yeah. That's much more better. I'm a completely different personality. Where else can a grown man scream and holler, jump out in public, and not get arrested except playing a guitar on stage? Because <laughs> I'm in total control. Nobody can tell me to do anything. It's my stage, it's my life. Luther Badman Keith and his band were tuning their instruments and checking their levels on a recent Thursday at the Motown Bistro in Detroit's Eastern Market. It was a neighborhood night Luther put on, an event to gather black clubs and other groups for a night of good music and fun. Music really changed my entire life because I met all kinds of people. What is done is that, just like a rise of Detroit, when people are listening to music and they like it, they're smiling, they're feeling good. They say, you like that, I like that, let me buy you a beer. They don't care how much money you make, they don't care about your politics, they don't care about what church you go to. We like the music. It's a place where people meet. The Bad Man is the founder and executive director of the organization he just mentioned there, Arise Detroit. It's a nonprofit known for its annual citywide neighborhood service day and it's worked to connect various community groups to volunteers. Arise Detroit also highlights and promotes the work being done by those groups through a weekly newsletter. To the extent that Arise Detroit is about bringing people together, music does that same thing. It brings people together. So it really has a, makes things full circle for me. There's a lot of folks in Detroit doing this grassroots work to help the city really sing, if you will. But for many not in the know, it may seem like politicians and billionaires are the only ones center stage in Detroit's progress over the years. Community is not just politics and not just big developers. It's people in the neighborhoods. When we started the online podcast, we wanted to take you into the neighborhoods as much as possible to help share the stories of communities, especially Detroit, from the people who know them best. The people who raise kids on the block, buy property, go to work, vote. It's what we strive for at the Free Press. And I think we've done that on this podcast. But no one can deny that announcements from an elected leader or a big businessman often makes more of a splash than one about a neighborhood nonprofit get-together from Luther. So for my final episode as host of On The Line, we wanted to revisit someone without that sort of podium to talk about the narrative of Detroit one last time. On this episode, I sit down with Luther Keith, 
we try to focus the lens through which we should view and assess Detroit's progress and focus on whose voices ought to be amplified. I'm Kerry Jr. II, and this is On the Line. Before I met up with Luther at Neighborhood Night, I caught him over at the Arise Detroit offices on the east side near I-84 and Connor. The office is in the basement of this tan brick building, and inside it has these images on the wall of different neighborhood events from across the city that they've hosted, showing folks on a rather sunny day cheesing while landscaping and repairing homes on a local block. The last time Luther came on the podcast, we did it virtually, so it was nice to finally meet him in person. I, I, got man, a I, didn't, know, I didn't know any Detroit Pistons were coming, man. <laughs> I know you're tall. What are you, about 6'6"? Six, six? Yeah, that's exactly it. Wow. Yeah, on the money. Did you play ball? I did not play ball, no. That, I, I, mean, I know you get sick of people asking you that question, don't you? I do, yeah. I get asked <laughs> it all the time. <laughs> anyway, welcome to the world of Arise Detroit. Okay. Luther directed me to a conference room where we settled in. Okay. My name is Luther Keith. I'm executive director of Arise Detroit. I'm 72 years old, and I'm a resident of Detroit's Palmer Woods. I grew up on the west side of Detroit on a little street called Columbus between Linwood and Lawton, 48206. Uh, right around on the west side of Detroit, right around the corner from the Shrine of the Black Madonna. Well, before we get into your work with Arise Detroit, how did you pick up blues music? One day, I bought a blues album by a guy I ran through named Luther Allison. And I put it on, and I said, man, I kind of like this. I started buying blues albums. And then one day I heard this guy was going to be playing at a club in Ann Arbor called Rick's Cafe, and I went down to see him. And it was like seeing Jesus. He was playing the guitar and bending notes. And oh my God, I said, I got to learn this blues thing. I went to a pawn shop, got a guitar. I said, if I'm going to have a band, I can't be just Luther Keith. So uh, one day I was playing that jam session, and I, people were clapping after I had done a song. And my drummer at the time said, Give him a hand, y'all. He's a bad man. And so I took that name. He's the bad man. Now, Luther might be a bad man on the guitar, but he ain't fooling nobody. He's been trying to do good for Detroiters pretty much his whole adult life. And before he was connecting with them through music and his nonprofit, he sought to do that through journalism. I first became a sports writer for Detroit News. And then I went to Lansing, covering the state legislature for the Detroit News. Then I came back, and they made me the first black newsroom editor. And then I started on the edit path. Eventually, I became a business editor, assistant managing editor. I was in charge of the Sunday front page of the news for eight years. Then I became a senior editor and columnist. And, uh, and through all that time, I'm seeing Detroit grow and develop good times and bad times. The thing was, those bad times... Well, they really altered perceptions of the city, down to pretty much a singular perception from Luther's point of view. He had a front row seat to how it all went down from his perspective as a journalist and as a native Detroiter. In 1967, of course, the rebellion, the riot, or whatever you want to call it, I was right in the middle of my neighborhood, you know, that was literally with bullets flying all over my neighborhood. But as Detroit, you know, uh, went through this really rough patch, we had huge population loss. And Detroit was just the, the worst of everything, it seemed like, for, for so long. And it's so hard to change a narrative. There's a saying goes that it will take a year for the truth to go around the world, but a lie go around in a day. Are you suggesting that during those rougher times that there's that wasn't the full story, like well, the full story well, wasn't it told? Was, was it? it was, it's like, uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't the whole story. Mm-hmm. See, that, that problem with Detroit is telling the whole story. What's the part? Were the you whole, aware of what the, the, the part the, was? I just think that you got to tell, you know, 
we can fill newspapers with nothing but crime stories. But would that be an accurate picture of Detroit? No. That's only a part of what people deal with in Detroit. I think I'm more sensitive to it because, again, I, I grew up here and I, and I was a journalist. So I've seen kind of both sides of it. You heard the expression, God is good, and it says all the time. And I say that Detroit, good things are happening in Detroit all the time. Luther wasn't alone in his concerns. And like others over the years, Luther tried his hand at making sure a more complete narrative was told, even starting a neighborhood-focused publication in the 90s that ran for 10 years. Community is not just politics and not just big developers. It's people in the neighborhood, Sally Jones and Mr. and Mrs. Smith and their kids in the neighborhoods who are paying the taxes, who are living there every day. And so you're presenting a a distorted and incomplete picture if it's just the big announcements about uh, big developments, if it's just the big announcements about uh, celebrities, or if it's just all about crime. It's just like your diet. Mm-hmm. Are you going to eat hot dogs for the rest of your life? It's not a good diet. To really appreciate the city, you got to appreciate it in its totality. After the break, we learn more about Luther's transition from the newsroom to Arise Detroit, the folks he met along the way, and what they can teach us about the city's story. And we're back talking with former Detroit News editor and current Arise Detroit executive director, Luther Keith, about the lens through which Detroit is viewed. Now, his concerns about the narrative of Detroit definitely didn't change when he switched careers. It became more acute when I stepped off into this line of work and saw, got my hands dirty, if you will, with the real people in the neighborhood. So I talk to every day. I know their names. They know Rise Detroit. They know, they know what we do. And you kind of endear themselves to them, and they endear themselves to you, and you want to help them. So I asked Luther specifically what he observed about the story of Detroit as he made that switch in the years past. Went through the bankruptcy and all that. But, uh, but Detroit's, and then, you know, Mike Duggan came in, and there's a real dynamic that came in, I think, with, with Duggan, rightly or wrongly, that people from the outside were taking over Detroit. So there's real sensitivity to the fact that, and this whole issue of, quote, gentrification and uh people being priced out. Matter of fact, we did a survey about five years ago in the state of the neighborhoods of Detroit asking people how they felt about the city. And it was, you know, some good and some bad and all the rest of that. I think the arc of Detroit is, is uh, if you add up overall, is going up. You know, where it's not going up fast enough. There are, there's not just announced with this real movement. Luther says the idea for Arise Detroit came out of a time in his life where he'd hit a peak in journalism, and he'd likely have to leave the D to continue that growth. In a big way, it's an organization that adds to all the stories about folks in the neighborhood and good, the ones he didn't see driving Detroit's narrative. Some companies, they're looking for volunteer tracks, but they only want big volunteer tracks. But there are some groups out here, the little block club with 10 people, if you can give them five volunteers, that's big to them. That's not 200 people because it's flashy and that could be on the news and stuff like that. We're here to declare that all these people have value. It's authentic Detroit work. It's not work just done by those people coming in to help us, those people coming in to save us. Uh, the expression I always use that um, I attribute it to my mother, but I don't know, or I heard it along the way, but the saying goes that Jesus is coming, but he's probably not coming tonight. 
which means that if he's not coming tonight to save us, then what are we going to do? So we better come. The Calvary's not coming tonight to save you. The mayor is not coming to your corner to fix the crime problem or not coming on the corner to, to remove the weeds. But we're living there. So we can't just take a cop out that's, you know, somebody else's job, somebody else's job, somebody else's job. That's what we say our model of the Rise of Detroit be part of the change. And that's what you see all over Detroit. I mean, these people, it's, it's truly inspiring. You know, this is really why I wanted to talk to Luther, because I see it out here every day, people in Detroit doing the work. They're being good neighbors. They're leading neighborhood groups. They're being vocal about issues. It does get noticed locally, but it's sort of the message I'm leaving the free press with and what I want to leave you all with, that Detroiters on the ground are moving the city forward, that they're some of the most dedicated citizens you'll find in any community, and that they've been that way this whole time. We just work in neighborhoods with people, man, okay? We're, we're, we're giving cleaning supplies to somebody, resources, or connecting somebody with a, with a literacy program or something like that they didn't know about. There's value in that work. Mm -hmm. There's value in that work. I applaud the people in the neighborhoods and who stand up on all these blocks all over the city of Detroit and, and work and work with young people and go to school and work in literacy programs. These are the heroes and the heroes of the city. What are some of the some of the other organizations that you know may not be highlighted as well, typically? I mean, uh, man, you, there's there's so many. So I have to think. Like, like <laughs> all, all, all you know, yeah, alternatives for girls is one. Of course, you know about Focus Hope. There's Detroit Light Buses with John George. We have Mohegan Regent uh, Residents Association, uh, Community Night for Progress with Shirley Birch. I've also had the honor of meeting hardworking folks from Detroit and across the state while producing this show. Folks like historians Jamon Jordan and Martian Music, Angela Reyes, who we had on our Who Gets to Be a Detroiter panel, who, like Luther, also runs a nonprofit in her Southwest Detroit community. Even Zoe Ture from Oxford High School and her fellow survivors. All of them have shown a remarkable commitment to their communities. So as I depart the free press and our audio team takes time to focus on other projects, I ask you, let's all keep an eye out for more folks like that and maybe do our part as well. Through what lens should we view and assess Detroit's progress? It's not just one lens, it's multiple lenses. I think that's what gets people in trouble. Mm -hmm. they, want, they, want, they want one statement and one lens to say it's this or it's that. It's a combination of things. In, in, some, in some areas we're doing well, making progress. In some ways, we're still challenged a lot. So I guess if I had to make a statement, I think Detroit's headed more in the right direction than the wrong direction based through the multiple lenses. My lenses are the people, the block clubs, the community groups, the churches, the youth programs, the sports programs. All of these folks are the lenses I choose to view Detroit through mm -hmm. in terms of what I see. And what I see is great resilience, I see great hope, and even progress in a lot of different ways. Speaking of the lens in which we view things, whether he meant it or not, Luther gave us one final little lesson on making sure we all work to get the whole story, just from his role as a musician. I do a lot of funny songs okay. that I kind of like make people laugh. I got a song called Menopause Woman. I got a menopause woman 
and everybody stops it. Oh my God, what's he going to say next? And I say, all the men pause when the girl walks in. Oh, and well, then that, well done. Then, nice. then that flips the whole script about a menopause woman. I tell this story because now a menopause woman is, I want to be a menopause woman. Matter of fact, I want to date one. <laughs> Before we go, I'd be remiss not to mention the work being done by the Detroit Is team at the Free Press. The beat covers local neighborhood stories. Detroiters creating art, making homemade Christmas cards, starting running clubs, teaching kids about robotics. So if this episode's topic resonated with you, so will Detroit Is Stories. And you can read about those at Freep.com. This episode was produced by me and Darcy Moran and Robin Chan. Our executive producers are Anjanette Delgado and Marianne Struman. And Peter Bhatia, one last time, is our editor. Fort Trumbull is the name of the music you're hearing right now. That's Fort Street and Trumbull Street, if you didn't know. And it was produced by DJ Lost Boy. Thank you, thank you so much for listening to the show. But the Freep Audio team is still putting out shows. So don't forget to subscribe to our sports podcast, Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean and the Pistons Pulse. And I think that's it. See you around.